He's out with a driver now. Now, I'm not sure this is right. Although, he's had a four and two threes on this hole. He's going to be at least three shots ahead. Welcome to another week, a week away from my birthday, but another week of golf. Yeah, well, it's, this is a big one, isn't it? 60. You cheeky git. You really are. <laughs> Unbelievable 60. Well, I, no. I'm, I'm just glad. Are you doing this from the comfort of your bathroom? Because I've heard you had a bit of deli belly. Oh, I don't know about deli belly, but oh, God, it wasn't that good. It really wasn't over the weekend. Totally wiped my weekend out. Wipe out! But yeah, <laughs> a lot of wiping, that's for sure. Oh, hey, we've got loads to so talk about. Brandrex. Other brands are out there, of course. Yes, like well, you need one sheet, I think. Um, hey, isn't that true? Bolton Wanderers Stadium has been is, is renamed, isn't it? I think it's called um, what's it called? Is it like Big Sheet or Tough Sheet? The Tough Sheet <laughs> really? Stadium, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> true. It got Gino but, De Campo links to it or something. That's how, that he, that's how he says sheet. I, I'm <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to a god podcast. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Right, let's go. We've got loads to talk about this week. As I said in the intro, um, review what went on at El Cardinal last week for Eric Van Royen. We've got Challenge Tour Finals, um, TGL update, Xander. Oh, demanding leadership change. We'll talk about that. PGA Tour, relaxing a little bit regarding players going to the promotion event. Um, we've got a new section coming up, and we'll be discussing the PGA Tour and the Live Agreement, how that's going. Live 24, we're going to discuss our thoughts on how that could be developed, how that could change my opinions versus your opinions. They do differ. And we'll be previewing the Ned Bank and the tournament in Bermuda, plus a little chat about the Hong Kong Open International Series over there on the Asian Tour. Right. Well, no better place to start than another win for a player who he won the stable for competition on the PGA Tour, but he gets another win at the Worldwide Technology tournament whatever it's called used to be the Mayakoba classic obviously moved to tiger woods golf course el cardinal but a very good win and an absolute i mean you deserve to win it if you're going to shoot i know it's an easy course bro yeah if you're going to shoot 28 including an eagle on the final hole then you probably do just about deserve it although i do feel for camillo viegas oh absolutely i mean yeah as you say 27 under winning score absolute birdie slash eagle fest and yeah i mean like van royan's back nine was just absolutely immense and i'm going to say it phenomenal um yeah totally robbed viegas uh matt kuchar oh, you got a feel for matt kuchar and again the jinx the jinx of the big bro comes out puts a post out on x uh at the 14th when matt kuchar is streets ahead saying that there's a 59 watch on very next hole, what's he going to do? Quadruple bogey eight. <laughs> Absolutely excellent. But yeah, top, top, top scoring. Eric Van Royen loves it in that type of course, doesn't he? I don't know how you manage to do it. I, I mean, it is, it is relentless. It's, it's every time you say something, then it would happen. I mean... Just turn around and say you're going to get absolutely no numbers on the lottery. Bang, multi-millionaire. Fantastic. Oh, That's job done. That. Yeah. yeah I mean, you, you have to. You could – my horse could be 20 lengths clear. I think mum might could, be pleased with that take. Yeah, yeah she might be. Yeah, yeah you, exactly. you could You could stop any horse. You could stop any golfer. This guy is the jinx, the biggest jinx of them all. But, yeah, it was a, it was a great tournament. I really wanted Camillo Viegas um, to get that job done. Obviously, we've got the story, uh, you know, of what's gone on. But it's been yeah. a long time. It's been a lot of heartache. But it's been a long time since he's had a win on tour. And he just graphs and graphs and graphs. And he grinds it out. And it's still had a great tournament. Come on. Can't take it away from him. He, he's well up there. Got a bit of money in his pocket. And should we talk about the fall event series then? Because you've been following it quite closely. Um, what's going on? What are the changes? Who's moved? Who's in a good position? And who needs to do what? What have you got for us? Well, it, yeah, very interesting. I mean, you know, we talked quite a few weeks ago. If you go back to early October, 
when we really started, well, you didn't get interested in, I did in terms of who was moving, you know, who were the movers and shakers. And, and there wasn't an awful lot of movement, really, but there's been a little bit more movement. Not this like your bowels. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hello, steady on. But yeah, <laughs> Matt, Matt Kuchar has really come from nowhere again. He was in 66th position leading into this event. Obviously had a good week last week. He's now in 52nd. So he currently, well, not currently. He will. He's not going to move down enough now. He's going to secure his place in those two significant events next year. Um, you know that we're talking about in terms of getting in that top 60, 51 to sixty places. So Cooch has risen like a salmon. JJ Spawn's got back up into there. He was, you know, early October. He was in sixty fourth place, I think it was. He's now moved up into fifty seventh. So he's a mover. Sam Ryder's back in there, riding the storm. You know, he's in, he's out, he's doing the Okie Koki, the full series Okie Koki. But Eric Van Royen, a glaring omission from this week's field, uh, moved into 63rd position from 125th. Now, it's interesting because obviously he was 125th, right on the bubble of PGA Tour card. And he's now secured that. So, you know, ultra, ultra happy for EVR. Uh, Luke List and Thomas Detree are the fallers out of that top 60 places after last week. And they are both playing this week at the Butterfield Bermuda Championships, which we will talk about. But yeah, they're the, they're the movers, bro. It's, um, it's quite interesting. Well, let's just remind the listeners about the FedEx fall um, and how it all works. 51st place to 60th place gets you into the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am and the Genesis Invitational. So, Yeah, a lot to play for for those players. And like I said, Thomas Detree, right on the bubble, he might feature in my picks later. So it's, yeah, you you did, you've sort of won me over with this FedEx Four because the events are really nothing to, to write home about. The, you know, throwing darts, a lot of birdies on offer again this week with the weather being quite benign in Bermuda. Um, we're not going to see a tough setup again. There's going to be plenty of birdies on offer. So that doesn't excite me. But, this does add a little something extra. So, yes, you've won me over. With the oh, FedEx that's very ball. hard to do. That's very hard to do. I know. I'm a tour. tough nut to crack with a PGA are. Tour. Bloody Absolutely. shit. Anyway, yeah, proper tournament going on in South Africa, might I add, and also on the Asian Tour International Series. Hey, we'll listen, talk about bro, that we, you know, we later. talk about obviously emotion and stuff like that, but, you know, Eric mm. Van Royen, a, a great win, but again, another player to show absolute raw emotion. Why don't we just take a moment to hear what he said after winning, because it was a very special call out to her close friend of his. Oh, what a dream finish for you guys. I mean, to make big putt after big putt down the stretch to eagle the last. How are you able to be so calm when the stakes were the highest? Sorry. Um... I was calm because uh, there's bigger stuff in life than golf. Um, if you look at my ball, you've got, you know, there's a little music note. It's a little faded now, but there's a little music notes on there and, and initials JT, and it's for John Trasmar, our best friend. Who's got melanoma and he's not going to make it. Um, and every shot out there today was for him. And when you're playing for something bigger than winning some silly trophy you know uh, it, it puts things in perspective and at the end of the day whether I won here or whether I lost here it really did not matter um, so yeah you know when something motivates you like that we do make a pot of mystified who cares you two guys were college teammates you mentioned John was one of your teammates at Minnesota how did you channel that emotion and not let it drag you down and have this beautiful result it dragged me down um you know after friday's round i shot i think I sh- what did we shoot friday eight under four eight eight yeah. under on friday um and i get to my hotel room and i just break down in tears you know so it wasn't that calm all the time but when i step onto the golf course i've got a freaking job to do um and that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Do your job. And um, now we can celebrate and cry and um, do whatever you want. But until that last putt drops, you know, it's, it's, it's 
focus and let's do it for Trazzy. Well, there you go. Uh, I, I just find those moments tough, you know. A lot of players have stories, don't they? People that are close to them, family stories, whatever it may be. And that raw emotion comes out on that green when they're being interviewed. That that was a tough watch on Sunday. And again, a tough listen just to listen back to that. No, it's I, I love hearing that. It means so much. And like you said, there are plenty of stories behind all these winners, whether it be Marco Penge on the Challenge Tour, Eric Van Royen over in um, Mexico, or as we've talked about, Matty Wolf and his journey through golf. You know, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. It's not all about hitting a little white ball, but it's great to see that emotion come out. And it shows you just how much it means to these players. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there we are. That's the PGA Tour done for another week. Well, not really. Oh, because really? we talk about emotion. I mean, there were some pretty direct comments from a player that was taking part um, at El Cardinal last week in none other than KK, Kelly Kraft. He did not like Tiger's course one bit. No, no, he, he really didn't. But that's, yeah, but why Why should play? Just because it's Tiger Woods and it's Tiger Woods designer, he's got his name to it, doesn't mean that players can go, oh, it's great to play at this course. Fantastic. I like the fact that he turned around and says, look, I didn't play very well, but I just did, you know, why did the PGA Tour have to go for courses like this? You know, very benign. The set, It's very easy, as John Rahm would call it, a fucking putting contest. And I, I can get where Kelly Craft comes from. And because I'm complete w- with him, you know, most weeks on the PGA Tour, yes, there are some fantastic courses, across America and we don't get to see a lot of them you know the courses have to fit the certain objective if you like but there are a lot it's a very boring boring setup most weeks on the PGA Tour now you go to the DP World Tour and look at the course some of the courses they're playing on there's some of the exciting courses that live are playing I know taking up Valderrama going to Hong Kong looks a great course the JCP course which we'll talk about a little bit later on in UK perhaps replacing Centurion you know there are some cracking courses that I just don't we don't seem to get them enough on the PJ Tour and that's what turns me off slightly I think you know we do on some of the big events I think the the fall series events as it's typically been in in past years and years gone by you know those courses Obviously, next week we've got the RSM. This week we've got Bermuda. Last week we had the new course. It's, you know, that they're all very much samey and, you know, low scoring events. And it doesn't make, I mean, the, the golf tournaments are good in, in the sense that the guys are battling for the win and stuff. And you've still got to shoot the scores. But, you know, we've talked about it before. I'd still like to see a nice grafting 10 under winning. You know, you've really got to graft hard and stuff. And, but yeah, we're not getting that in the full series. So I get what you're saying, but it is what it is. And courses have to be played and, and players have to win. Exactly. And talking to players that have to win, let's move to the Challenge Tour because we had the Challenge Tour finals, obviously the race to Mallorca, as they as they call it. And it was an Englishman, Marco Penge, who took the title. Before we talk about that a little bit, let's listen to what Marco had to say when he was interviewed after winning. Rolex Grand Final champion. How does that feel? Yeah, no, uh, unbelievable. Um, considering where I was about eight weeks ago, uh, I think I was about 83rd on the rankings. So to be uh, standing here saying I've won twice on the Challenge Tour and uh, I think I've won the, the overall rankings is, uh, yeah, I mean, really hard to, I don't know, it's hard to imagine and uh, hasn't quite sunk in yet. So, uh, but. I'm absolutely over the moon. I can confirm you have won the road to Mallorca rankings. You came in this week in 24th. Did you think for a second this was possible? Um, yeah, I mean, I believe in myself and I, and I know what I'm capa- capable of. Uh, I mean, the preparation side of things, I've, my short game and putting felt really good and my coach has been here all week, Gary King, and... Uh, He's saying to me, like, you're swinging it great. I didn't quite feel like I was swinging it great, but he said, like, it looks really good. So, I mean, the preparation side of things, you know, I was in pretty good stead to do well this week. And uh, I'm just really pleased that I could kind of bring it all together and hold on, really. And there he is. He was quite surprised. He, had, he knew he had the game. 
Um, he was way down on the field, probably didn't expect it to happen as it did. But yeah, Rolex Challenge Tour grand final was won by Marco Penge. Now, 353rd in the world rankings. Yeah, born in 98, bro. Born 98. in 1998. Do me a favour. I've got socks older than him. I bet you have as well. With loads of holes in. <laughs> loads of, yeah. 18, just like a gold course. Hey, no, it's, it was great to see Marco Penge win. And what else can you tell us about what happened um, last week on the Rolex Challenge Tour? Oh, yeah, final? of course. It wasn't just the golf tournament. It, there was a lot to play for, obviously, with 25 DP World Tour cards up for grabs as well. So, again, you know, with this tournament, there, there was a couple of winners and a couple of losers. And obviously, Marco Penge won the tournament, but he also finished top of the pile in terms of that race to Mallorca. So, you know, he was a double winner last week. Played 27 events throughout that whole series, which is an awful lot. Probably one of the, the top number of events played. So a lot of travelling for him. But, yeah, hats off to Marco for sure. Um, in terms of the the winners and the losers, well, let's, you know, Tom Vayant, the, the French guy as well, you know, he was, he moved 21 places so he was 33rd and well outside the dp world tour card grabbing but he moved up into 12th and secured one of those now i talked about the winners and the losers the other winner as well was brandon robinson thompson a golfer we followed for a few holes at the open earlier on this year certainly a bit andy sullivan like is brandon robinson thompson you know very sort of uh you know, short, stocky lad, a lot of character, very bubbly, and he's got a big following that goes with him. But he was 26 going into this tournament, moved up four places, 22nd, gets himself a card, only actually played 12 events, believe it or not. So that was quite interesting. But the losers, spare a thought for Scottish Ewan Walker and Welsh Oliver Farr, they were 20th and 22nd respectively going into last week and fell just outside that mark. So again, they've either got to go through qualifying to try and get back on to um, you know, a place, or again, grafted out next year on the Challenge Tour. But sponsors' invitations may be, we'll see. But those, you know, a lot of, lot of names. Stuart Manley, Welsh player. Stuart Manley, been around for quite a while. You know, he's grabbed himself a card as well. Francesco Laporta. Italian, Matteo Manassero, we already knew about another Italian. He's also got himself back on DP World Tour, as has Andrea Pervan. So just a few names to call out there. But yeah, it wasn't just a golf tournament last week. Lot to play for. So that's what I'd we love got. to say. I can't wait to see Matteo Manassero back on the DP mm. World Tour circuit because, it, you know, obviously he's won a couple of times already and then he just went off the, off, off the radar, basically. Um, as it happens, we've seen it before with many players, you know, high-profile players as well. And yeah, Matteo, great. Can't wait to see him, as well as Andre Pavan. Two players that just disappeared and then they're back. The game has come back. Let's hope that carries forward to 2024 and we see more from those guys. But yeah, Brandon Robinson-Thompson. Jesus, good job he's a golfer, not a footballer. No one will be able to afford his name on a shirt, would they? Jeez, oh, no, how many, how many letters like Trent, is that? Trent Alexander-Arnold, isn't it? Yeah, TAA. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was um, hey, what a performance from Luton. Quick mention about the football. I'm really disgusted, actually. Um, you know, it was a, it was a good, it was a tough game for Liverpool, and Luton probably deserved the win. Um, we got a 95th minute equaliser. As a, I don't know if anyone knows, but we are Liverpool supporters. Might mention it once or twice. But like the Luton supporters, there was the horrible chanting that goes on in um in football games and it's just not necessary we don't need it it shouldn't be there we're all grown-ups but it happens and it has to be kicked out the game but yeah and i they shouldn't be saying things like feed the scousers let them know it's christmas time and slagging off liverpool because if anyone's been to luton jesus christ do yourself oh. a favor unbelievable it's an absolute hellhole but anyway um let's move on because we've got plenty to talk about and obviously we talk about challenge tour we've got this week we've got the q school finals and the dp world tour happening over in spain a lot of cards on offer for those guys we'll be keeping a close eye on what happens over in spain this week and we'll bring you the results of them next week and uh, we do want to talk about something that is um seems to be getting some people excited not myself but 
we've got the TGL. Um, yes, let's talk about the TGL because it is happening and we've got to give it a mention. Um, if anyone doesn't know about the TGL, it's um, the league's going to be run by TMRW Sports, the technology focused sports company launched by Woods and McElroy in August of 22. It will feature six teams of four players playing each other once in a league format. Only three of the four players will compete in any one event. Five teams have been announced so far. Um, we've got a team from Atlanta. We've got Boston, Los Angeles, New York, and San Francisco. NBA star Curry is involved with the San Francisco setup. You've got the tennis great Serena and Venus Williams for the LA team. And then you've got the Fenway Sports Group, who own Liverpool Football Club, is involved with the Boston side, who will be led by Rory McIlroy, Tyrrell Hatton's in there, Keegan Bradley and Adam Scott. The Sophie Centre at Palm Beach State College will host each event, will take around two hours to play and will be broadcast live in the US with all players wearing microphones. The venue can hold approximately 1,600 spectators. It's going to be an immersive fan experience with every shot broadcast live on primetime television. A season stu structure of 15 regular season events, season matches, culminating in semifinals and final matches. And there you go, um, bro. If anyone didn't know, that's a little breakdown about the TGL. And um, anything else come out this week? Well, there is, but there's a quite interesting piece in what you just said there. I know it's built on a college campus, but you actually, you called it the Sophie Centre, which sounds like it's going to be a, a different competition altogether. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No it's... wonder Tiger Woods is involved. I, I would actually pronounce it so far, just to be absolutely sure. Uh, okay, well, oh, I, I right, don't know. Yeah. Hey, I don't anyway. know. Anyway, uh, that, that was just something I picked up there. It's like it got me mind racing. But uh, yeah, 1,600 spectators, they reckon, roughly 1,500 to 1,600 in each event. That's what they're projecting. But the new information that's, you know, players are going to be mic'd up. But there is new information that's come out this week. And it's really interesting because they're going to introduce a shot clock. Well, obviously, you've got the likes oh, of rat, a shot clock. All right, exactly, yeah. yeah. Not something else. I know it's college campus, but you've got the likes of, um, you know, Colin Morikawa, Keegan Bradley. There's probably a few other players that aren't exactly the quickest out there. Um, but shot clock is being introduced. Timeouts are being introduced. So the shot clock is, here's how it works. Each player will have 40 seconds to hit their shot or their team will receive a shot clock violation and a one-stroke penalty, would you believe it? <laughs> Imagine if they introduced that on the PGA Tour proper. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? But yeah, so shot clock enforcement, if you can say that without having a drink. And we've also got timeouts. So the basics, there's four timeouts are available to each team to use in a match, but only two timeouts can be used per session. It's use them or lose them. And there's no carryover from the triples, which is in session one, or to the singles, which is in session two. And they want to they wanna try and throw Tiger off his game as he lines up a putt. Well, you know, could be the right moment for that, couldn't it? But anyway, th there's timeouts. And also, there's going to be a ref. Can you believe it? There's going to be a ref in this. Do we really need it? So obviously it's a team sport. Just well, like they need it for Rory because he's there. He needs oh, to get good no, calls, yeah. well, doesn't he? That in a rowdy crowd in a college campus, maybe beer flying about and stuff, the ref might have to step in. It'd oh. probably just be Rory's dad dressed up in a, a ref's outfit. Well, it could be, yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. Rory's dad in a ref's outfit. Well, why would you want that? Anyway, listen on that point as well. There was something yeah. coming out saying that Tiger and Rory won't always actually be present. Um. So anyway, I, I, yeah. Interesting in that it's actually I think that's not probably too far. the only bonus in it. The only bonus, probably, yeah. But actually, it's not that <laughs> far away from Jupiter, is it? So it's kind of like, and we're not talking about a planet here. Are Jupiter, we getting back Florida. to Uranus again? Oh, Jesus. Uranus, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> you get that? It's... Anyway, yeah, less of the jokes, yeah. but well, they're not jokes really, are they? They're just me and you being stupid. But yeah, there's a yeah. few new things. Are you excited week. about it? I know it's January. We've got a long way to go and what have you. But I can't really get excited about a group of fellas sitting at a screen. Well, I, I think it's interesting because, you know, there's going to be, I think they're going to have to put like real grass into some of the areas. I mean, it, 
the setup is massive. I mean, the screen is going to be huge. It's not like a little simulator you'd have in a golf center or somewhere. It's going to be absolutely massive. So, you know, errant shots by anybody, well, I don't know, not that you do from professional golfers, but also like, you know, the landing areas or approach shots into greens. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? You talk about the green structure. Is it going to be one of these things that's sort of like, you know, is going to be moved about for different contours? Is it going to be synthetic? Is it going to be proper grass? Because obviously the ball will grab differently. I don't know, all of these things. So I'm It's going to be synthetic on a platform and different undulations can oh, be formed. Yeah, do you yeah, think? It's... Oh, I don't know. I'm not well, sure it... about that one, but yes, I am interested. Is. I am interested to see it from, I guess, just see what it's going to play out as and, you know, all the razzmatazz and stuff. The only thing I don't like about it is obviously you talked about there's going to be six teams and only five have been announced so far. And actually, you know, of the players that are still in it, and John, we know last week when we were talking to Bernd, you know, Wiesberger that John Rahm had pulled out last minute, who uh, misses. But, you know, it's kind of of the other players. They're not all put into the teams yet. So, you know, what's happening here? But I don't like the fact that you've got all of these celebrities and these these people with money that are investing into this and so just there's too much around that for me. It's like, you know, but obviously it's needed to get the new venture off the ground and we'll see. Will it stand well, the Rory test of could, time? We know Rory has to talk about live at some point when he's asked questions and, yeah. and he was at it again today. And so when he was asked about TGL and how it differs and what it offers and he's, he's quoted the same, we're trying to be competitive and it's a different type of golf, but it's not the traditional golf that you see week in, week out. I don't want to sit here and talk about live Rory says, but you could make the argument that they have haven't innovated enough from what traditional golf is, or they have innovated too much that they're not traditional golf. Which one is it Rory? And then he goes on to say they're sort of cutting no man's land. Whereas TGL is so far removed from what we know golf to be. I'll I agree mean, with him on the last point. It is. It's no, golf yeah, the, simulation the, in the a last point, stadium. Of course you agree last point, but man alive. Why didn't he just listen to when he said he wasn't going to talk about it anymore? Just crack on and get on with it. He's now he's come out and we'll talk a bit later about it. He's talk about, you know, he wants Piff involved in the whole deal. So I don't I no longer know what Rory wants and I don't think he does neither. I just want to see Rory on a golf course, performing strongly, competing in majors, occasionally winning one or two and stuff. He's a quality golfer. It's there's no doubt about it. But yeah, it's it's Rory Land, isn't it? It's, you know, Rory and Tiger are arm in arm at the moment over this, um, as you would expect them to be. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Um, you know, just like with Liv when it came out, you know, the interest slowly grew and stuff. I think it may well do with this, or people might get turned off. Who knows? We'll see. But it's something well, new to watch. If it is the Sophie Centre, Tiger might get turned on. Look, let's go to another player talking about change. Talking about change is Xander Schaffelli. I think that's how I pronounce his name. Schofle. I'm not sure. <laughs> Schaffelli. <laughs> his surname looks like a pasta. Okay, so Schaffelli. The world number six said he and other golfers His pasta have is best. Sorry. Go on. Thank you. <laughs> we go back to what he said, right, when he says, that he and other golfers had trust issues with the PGA Tour commissioner. Hmm. He highlighted the split between the players and the tour leadership. Now, on 2nd November, he's had more to say, and he was quoted as saying, I would be lying if I said that I have a whole lot of trust after what happened. It's a bit contradictory when they call it our tour, and things can happen without us even knowing. Now, does Xander really speak for his peers? And how, if that is the case, how is Monaghan holding on to his position? I don't know. I mean, you know, when he calls new leadership, is he really just aiming at that at Monaghan or is he aiming the new leadership at, you know, wider than Monaghan and stuff? And, you know, because, yeah, obviously Monaghan sits at the top. I don't think a lot of people expected him to come back after his apparent health scare. You know, but it's, I don't know with Xander. I mean, Xander obviously is, he, him and Cantley were the two people that were involved in this whole thing around the Ryder Cup. And, you know, he's clearly got to be in his bonnet. Um, who knows? Will he end up being one of those players 
that's gonna you know go to live and you know again time will tell we'll we'll see how that plays out but and i've got some thoughts on that and we'll talk about live very shortly i'm sure but yeah it's interesting isn't it when you get people like cantley coming out and sort of making those comments you know scotty scheffler has been also critical to some extent of pga tour leadership um as has jordan spieth at different times as well and it's very interesting isn't it you know people like xander scotty jordan not involved in tgl you know they're not so there is there a bit of a gulf being put you know put in place in between the you know the upper echelons of the the golf professionals out there i don't know it's it's an interesting time right now it really is well things are changing um Things are shifting. And the reason I say that is because, obviously, as we know, we've got the live promotion events going on in December um, where players can enter. Uh, for, I think it's for $25, I think. And there's there's prize money offer. And currently there are four spots um, or three spots after Andy Ogletree's got his spots, three spots to be taken up in this promotional events. Get on to live tour. There is a lot of interest. There's a lot of interest. We've been told from sources there is the hell of a lot of interest from across the world for this event. Now, we know that the PGA have come out and they made in a statement said, you know, based on the information public available regarding the live golf promotion event, it is determined to be a qualifying event only and not a part of an unauthorized series. Mm. So they are allowing their players to go from the tour and play at the Abu Dhabi Golf Club in the promotion events um, with no fines. Now, for me, I'm expecting DP World Tour to come out and say exactly the same based on the fact that they are basically a puppet and the PGA Tour's hand is well and truly up Pelly's arse and they will repeat this and follow suit. They have to. Yeah, I agree. They, absolutely they do i mean we're a month away to that live promotional event as you say at the well-renowned um abu dhabi golf club actually been there it's it's a lovely place lovely setup you know and i'm actually quite looking forward to it. i'm i'm looking forward to the aspect and i know we again we spoke about it on last week's podcast with bern Wiesberg about you know that what the level of interest is going to be the fact that the pga tour have come out since then and said, look, you know, we're not going to block players from playing this for the reasons that you've just said. It really does. It opens that door, doesn't it? And of course, then those players can play. And then it's what happens afterwards. You know, they're not going to get releases um, by then. Or is the deal again, you know, in inverted commas, is the deal going to be sorted by the end of December? Highly likely not to be. But, you know, the names, the players. It, I, I think it's just going to be interesting. I'd love to see a quality field at this this event because it's going to be very telling. It really is. So well, I expect after the culmination of the DP World Tour and every, all the events that go on at the end of the season, I expect then to come out and say exactly the same. And I mean, the PGA Tour didn't have to do this, but it can only, in my opinion help the merger move forward there has to be something going on which brings us to our next section bro we've got a new section and it's called are you taking the piff yes it's all about the piff agreement and merger and the framework agreement is it moving forward now let's look back at what happened with endeavor now according to sportico the pga tour recently turned down a $25 million per year commercial deal with Endeavor, a U.S. talent and entertainment group that owns and operates both the UFC and WWE. Now, they turned it down on PIF's orders because PIF have the ability to say, no, until January the 1st, this agreement is still in place. And PIF have that right to turn around to PGA Tour and say, turn it down so pga tour might have turned it down themselves or they might have been forced by piff not 100 percent sure but i would say it would be the latter which brings us to fenway sports groups deal or potential 
deal, which I don't think is going to go through, bro. Um, do you know anything about this FSG deal or approach? No, I, I don't know anything about it. I've not spoken to anybody about it. I, th- I think, you know, you may have looked into it a little bit more, but uh, there's a couple of interesting points, isn't there? Obviously, you've got, you know, we talked about it in a minute, uh, minute ago with the TGL. It's Fenway Sports are involved. They've got the Boston Common, close links, obviously, with Rory in that respect. You know, maybe a close confidant in terms of having those initial conversations. You know, if the the deal with PIF does not go through, then do FSG step in? What happens with Endeavour? Or This is the interesting part about it. It's all very much speculation right now, isn't it? Um, you know, in, in terms of where it's going to go. I find it interesting. I mean, FSG, as we've talked about it already, owners of Liverpool, is there's not been a massive injection of cash into Liverpool Football Club. It's part of that maybe because they had one eye on this in terms of an investment into the PGA Tour should PIF not get their way um, in terms of the world golf landscape. Or are we ultimately going to end up seeing it's not a PGA Tour with major PIF investment into it, but a number of different companies coming together and trying to push world golf forwards? Um, I don't know. It's an interesting one. And I think over the next month, for sure, I would expect to see more and more talk, more and more stuff coming out in terms of that agreement as we get closer to the end of December. But other than that, it, it, it for me, it's purely speculation. Well, FSG would know that PIF have the rights to force a turn down of any approach until the first day of 2024, right? They would know that being the group they are and the investments they've made. And I think it's just a big dick move from FSG. We know that Jay Monaghan used to work with Fenway Sports Group. We know that Tiger is now teamed up with Boston Common Golf, owned by Fenway Sports Group for the TGL. And we also know that Rory's come out and saying, I want PIF to have some sort of arrangement with PGA Tour to come in and help bring the game together. That's what Rory said as well recently. So if you put all those together, then for me, FSG will be a player of some sort. We know they've um, sponsored the, the tournament in Boston, the Deutsche Bank or wherever it was. We know they've been heavily involved in PGA Tour previously and they want to going forward. And I think they will be part of some deal whenever that is brokered. Um, but the PGA Tour are in massive financial trouble. Anyone we know, of, we, we've got a friend in Florida who's in finance and is very good friends with a lot of private equity guys. And he has come out and saying, PIF are driving this whole arrangement this whole conversation they are in complete control why well because the pga tour we know are in financial difficulties you know Mm. if the pga tour don't have this massive influx of cash and no private equity firm can even compare with piff and the money that the saudis have got then the pga tour will have to scrap things such as the pip agreements they may even have to scrap their arrangement with DP World Tour post 2025, and that support will have to drop down. And I, I can't see any way the PGA Tour can do this without PIF now, knowing that the skeletons are out the closet and they've got no money. Yeah, no, it, yeah, interesting. And I've been saying this for quite a while now. It's that, you know, do uh, you raise a very interesting point there is saying, you know, from our contact in the states is that it's PIF that is driving everything going forwards but do at some point the PIF turn around and say right we're walking away we've got another option on the table this is what it is I mean and I've said is I know you hold dearly the DP World Tour um, but do does the DP World Tour pull itself back up if LIV diverts its attention not LIV if PIF diverts its attention that way rather than the PGA Tour, and, and really put in that divide. And that way, if you know PIF decides to turn around and walk away, then the PGA Tour potentially are in even more trouble. I, I think they need PIF. You've got to look at the, you know, the Justice Department, whatever it is, that 
the guys, the senators. And, oh, that's and what all have... a shit show. That's a pantomime. It really know, is. But, uh, yeah, but they'll, they'll have a oh, the institution of golf. You know, basically, Americans want to keep golf in America. And we know they hold the monopoly as it is over golf. And that's the whole issue. You know, we're seeing great events that are coming up in the calendar in Australia. We've got this one in, Af in South Africa, the Ned Bank. And obviously, we've got the Asian Tour International Series getting stronger, holding tournaments on UK soil and, and, and other places. I mean, if the PIF were to walk away, yes, the PGA Tour would get money from private equity firms. But do they really want it to go back to the PGA Tour versus Live? Because I don't think, well, not so much Live, but PIF, I don't think they'll, have, they'll be able to cope. And you could see the PGA Tour go completely kaboom. And I, I don't want that because I love golf. No, no, right? I don't want that. And we, we talk about that. There's some great tournaments in the PGA Tour. And obviously, you know, the majors are, most three of the four majors are in America and what have you. And yeah. It's it's going to be interesting, but let's you know let's go back to the original agreement that was in place and goes until the first day of 2024. Now it was said that Newco will be provided access to all information requested to facilitate evaluation, assessments, and what have you. In other words, Monaghan will hold many cards. Jimmy Dunn and Ed Herley and both proposed members of Newco Executive Committee would also possess much influence as it stands. But with the pressure coming on Monaghan to be ousted, then I don't know how that changes. I think it changes dramatically because we started off with this agreement talking about official world golf ranking. And I think this is where the major stumbling block with this agreement is, is in the official world golf rankings. Because in Article 4 of the, the agreement, they were talk, or Part 4 of an agreement I read, it was quoted, words good faith are used throughout the agreement. But perhaps most important in regards to the official world golf ranking, quoted, the parties will cooperate in good faith and use best efforts to secure official world golf ranking recognition for live events and players under official world golf rankings criteria for considering lives application. Now we know that it's been turned down recently, and I seriously think that is the only stumbling block. I think without that, PIF will not sign any ink on any dotted line. Mm. They want the official world golf rankings for their players. And if they don't, they sign nothing. PGA Tour get no money. So there has to be, there has to be movement, whether that's movement from live and changing things. So they adhere to request the official world golf rankings, whether that be extending field size and having cuts and what have you, I'm not sure, but, I believe that's the main stumbling block and I can't see anything else holding this up. No, no. I mean, again, more in information we hope to come in the coming weeks, but until that point, I'm going to sit tight. I'm just going to, you know, I echo your point there. We don't want to see the PGA tour house of cards falling. You know, it's, it's been the mainstay of golf for, for, for many, many decades and I want to be very clear on this as well. For, you know, for anybody that's listening, has listened in the past, will continue to listen in the future. We do not sit on one particular side. Yes, we talk favourably about live in some respects. Um, haven't talked as favourably in the PJ Tour because of all of the crap that's been going on, the leadership issues, lack of confidence in Monaghan. But that doesn't mean to say that we don't want to see the PGA Tour moving forward and continuing. At the same time, DP World Tour, you know, it's a, so we are for all golf. It's very clear on that. And I don't want that to be misinterpreted. No, good point. And I would um, urge anyone to go to PIF's Twitter page, because if you want to see what they're investing in and what work they're putting in to an array of industries and operations and initiatives, it is quite outstanding what is going on within PIF's own company. It's just, it, it's unbelievable. And it blows my mind the more and more I see online. So if you go to their Twitter page, I think it's PIF underscore EN. It's, it's amazing. But PIF have the right to extend this deadline. Let's not forget the deadline that finishes in January the 1st, 2024. PIF have the right to extend the deadline and can, de and can demand any bids are turned down they're currently in the driving seat. 
and don't let anyone tell you any differently. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I think that's right. a good segue into Live 24, isn't it? Live 2024. I like this section because it's going to get us discussing and it's going to get people talking. Everyone's got their own opinions on how Live could change, how Live should change and how they might have to change. Um, and obviously, as we've talked about the interest in the Live promotion events in December, I'll go first with my opinions about what I think they should do and why I think that. And, and then obviously you can come back and we'll have a little flow in discussion. And anybody listening, please, you know, send in your ideas on Twitter um, of how you think it should grow, um, how you think it should change. If, if not, or X, sorry, not Twitter. Anyway, right. My belief is that there has to be 64 players. No. In this. Why, why 64? <laughs> I hear you ask. Shut up. Go and have a shit. Why 64, I hear you say. Well, 64 is a magic number, right? Match play players, World Match Play Championship. But it'll bring four new teams. That means 20 players are needed, replacing four relegated. Although Ogletree is one of the 20 so 19 are needed. 64 players and 16 teams is perfect for any match play scenario. I would then suggest a cut. Oh, the dynamic, you say. Yes, I am. If they are going to remain at three rounds, then a cut after two rounds, leaving 32 players to battle it out. 16 groups. And I would send the final day groups out traditionally, not shotgun. New teams would require new captains. And I guess plenty of change is coming and will be needed. Now, look at Matty Wolf, for example. He's looking for a new team. He ain't going to stay with Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka doesn't want on him in team because Brooks Kepka is an arsehole. But we know, what team do we think Matty Wolf could go into, right? I, I'm thinking he goes back to high flyers and replaces James Pyatt. But... Anyway, regardless of that, you can have your opinions on that. I believe 64 players, four new teams, and a cut gets live. The official world golf rankings they need or they require and gives a new dynamic, interesting dynamic to what is already a fantastic couple of years in Liv's lifeline timeline. Yeah, that that is a a significant shift change into essentially, you know, the third season of Live. Uh, an interesting idea, really. But and I think a lot of that is pinned around, you know, regardless of what happens with obviously what we've just talked about in terms of the agreements and the moving forwards, is you know, Live players need to be getting official World Golf ranking points. They do. End of story. Otherwise, what is World Golf at the end of the day without that quality that is there? So I think that, for me, though, that's a massive move forward. That's a massive step forwards because you're talking about 16 new players, right? Where where are those 16 new players in terms of quality strength in depth going to come from where so i'm going to restrict that 16 to 8 i'm going to talk another two teams okay so that only obviously brings us up to 56 players but even with 56 players you could still have it you know you don't have to have shotgun starts you can have a different format you could introduce a cut Maybe it might be a third round cut or something if you go to four rounds. I'm not sure they will. I still think they'll stick to three rounds. I, I don't know. Maybe that's open for debate because you haven't said that. You you haven't said, would it be three rounds or would it be four rounds? But so no, I've sure. said it'll be three rounds and a cut after two rounds because they okay, won't. Right, I don't think yeah. they'll change it from three rounds because 54 holes and live yeah, exactly, is basically yeah. Roman numerals 54. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you Le- get, less you're going to have to change the Roman golf. numerals. You might More not even make a word. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. But anyway, I'm I'm not thinking as far-fetched as 64 and stuff. And, you know, again, we know from this promotional event that only three players are going to qualify from that. But potentially, could that be subject to change? Because the PGA Tour made it very clear is they're not going to stop players to go. It's not an unauthorised tournament. But if the conditions of the promotional event changed, which they could do, then depending on entries or whatever, then the PJ Tour could take a different position. So again, 
put that off to the side that that's a different conversation for a different time so i'm not thinking as radical as you because i think it, it's got to grow we know that obviously 24 players are locked in you know that they're safe and you know they're probably going to stay with their teams there might even be a little bit of movement and there's the open zone that we've talked about you know essentially being free agents people could move about you may even find that you know maybe that they won't be playing live next year. There might be a move back to the DP world tour or the PGA tour, pay your fines, go back, whatever, whatever is required. Um, so that I'm kind of not thinking too out there, but I'm also thinking about like the events as well. You know, we talked about golf in the U S and this year we had eight events in the U S well, next year we only actually got six in the 14 event roster in 2024. You know, the two events in the U.S. have been dropped for Hong Kong and South Korea. So eight international events, which, again, brings in a, a different dynamic, doesn't it? You know, we talked about, do we see a South Korean team? Do we see, you know, that some of those top South Korean players, Sung Jae-in, K.H. Lee, Tom Kim, do we see them forming a team on live? Maybe not Tom Kim. Uh, maybe. Who knows? But it, you've got to consider all of those international factors as well so there's a there's a lot to happen uh, a lot to go on but I, I just want to see that continual evolution but more importantly than getting world ranking points by some means but well you know if you listen to live players turn around saying people are you know ringing them up asking them you know they want to join it's very exciting and and then there's that interest from the qualifying events i don't see how you can garner that much interest and have only three players joining as new players. I, I just don't see that. I I see you have to have new teams. And if you if you only have sixteen, if you if you're talking about your amount of teams that you have, and I can't many, how many did you say? Eight new players or two new yeah, teams? Two new teams. So fourteen. I mean, you know, it's a bit on balance. How does that work in the team finale and stuff like that? I just think sixty four players going forward maybe have it a live world match play. I, I don't know, going for it's something. I just think there has to be more players. If there's this much interest being shown as we are being told, then I just don't see it sticking at three players plus Andy Ogletree. I just don't. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, there's the other dynamic, isn't there, in terms of, you know, whatever plays out in the agreement, we go back to that again, is, you know, are players post-agreement going to be able to, you know, maybe there's going to be some floating spaces and stuff and people might be able to play some events. But then that obviously goes against the whole team aspect, doesn't it? I, I guess it doesn't. I suppose you've still got an equity owner. We heard last week, obviously, in terms of team money splits, what actually happens in terms of P&L based you know, distribution. So there's an awful lot in the mix here isn't there there really is well but once we once we hear more from um once burns decided or you know what's going on and where he's playing or if he's staying with the cliques or, or whatever's happening we'll bring you that burn will come back on i'm sure and discuss it and hopefully by then we'll have a lot more information on live and where it's going no there is but i also want to talk about potential new new recruits you know that there's a lot of names being flashed about out there and stuff i mean i talked earlier on and said you know scotty scheffler he has been critical, as has Xander, as has Spieth. And we talked, obviously, last week in terms of the Spieth angle. Maybe that was a didn't go into TGL because he just, you know, new child, wants a bit more family time. Maybe John Rahm's taken the same approach or maybe just thought, this is not for me right now. I don't want this. But, you know, the likes of Scheffler and Spieth, Hovland again, big, big rumour out there in terms of, you know, is he going to make that move? few names out there sammy burns you know same management firm as abraham answer bryson and co-crack all on live you know we're going to see someone like sammy burns move over there jason day said earlier on this year it's not for him not for him right now but he didn't close the door again australia we're only going to see one event in australia not two as was potentially rumored um earlier on this year so only one event in australia tony fee now again i i really think that's a big move for live tony fee now i think you know we know he's big on family um, with Liv, obviously, he'll, he'll get the opportunity. I know he takes him around to PGA Tour events right now, but less golf, more family time. So big names out there, and I think you've got to secure some of those big names to keep this moving forwards. So I expect a lot of movement in the next three or four months. 
Yeah, I I do too, and we'll we'll see what happens. But I I just like I said, I'll read to it. I can't see there not being an influx of players, whether that's players from outside of the signature events and they're stuck in that sort of quandary of second stage PGA Tour. I'm not sure. Perhaps it's those sort of players. Um, but yeah, we shall see. We'll get if we get more news, we'll bring it to you. But you didn't say who you thought Matty Wolf would move to. Oh, Range Goats, and replace who? Oh, that's a really good one, isn't it? So what have we got? We've got... Peters? I think Bubba. Do you know why? Because... No. No, no, no. No, hold on a minute. Hold on. Bubba has made a statement saying that he would actually... He wouldn't be against the idea of dropping out playing and just being that equity owner for the team and being in the background, right? Yeah, so, I mentioned something like that on social media as well, but a lot of people disagreed and said, no, not this season or next season for sure. He'll be playing. He was playing some decent golf at the end. I don't and- know. I mean, again, you, you mentioned Thomas Peters. It, you know, does Thomas Peters want to go back to the DP World Tour and stuff? Is, you know, the, I don't know. It's, I can't even remember where Thomas Peters actually finished in, in the whole rankings. Um, We're still just- in the open zone. Yeah, he's in the open zone. So, yeah, he finished 33rd. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But maybe, yeah, maybe Peters. I can't see him. He, he certainly ain't turfing out Gooch. Um, HV3, him and Bubba are like brother and brother and sister. Um, but, yeah, it's one well, of brother and brother. <laughs> but, no, Thomas Peters. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, we'll leave it at that. And, everyone, if you've got an opinion, send them in. Send them in to us on X. Um either to myself or, or to Graham on, on his accounts. And let's get a little bit of a conversation going and be fantastic because we've all got opinions and why not share them? Right. Um, let's leave that. Let's leave everything. And um, unless we've got anything else to talk about, let's get on to the events this week, shall we? Yeah, let's absolutely get on to the events. We've got two this week we're covering from a picks point of view. And why don't we just go to the Nedbank, a golf tournament I absolutely love down in Sun City at Gary Player country club well this course is you know you've been watching golf for years you'll know this course it's a fantastic course we've seen tommy fleetwood win the last two renewals of the ned bank on the dp world tour back in last year and prior to that in 2019 when he won it last year 11 under 2019 12 under so can tommy fleetwood get the hat trick or is tommy fleetwood still really hungover from Ryder cup glory we will see what tommy we get this week, but it's past 72 here at Gary Player Country Club and just a shade over 7,800 yards. But that obviously is, you know, the ball's going to travel further because of where we are, Sun City, South Africa. And we've also had winners like Lee Westwood won here in 2018, Brandon Grace, 2017, now a live player, but playing this week. And also Alex Noren in 2016, who isn't here, but he's over in Bermuda. So they're a few of the last few winners. And also a call out to Bernd Wiesberger, who we spoke to last week. And he was, in 2019, ranked number one in the race to Dubai after Sun City. Actually ended up finishing third behind John Rahm that year um, with you know a tied 28th at Dubai. So yeah, call out there to Bernd who obviously has played here before. But there's just a, a few points I wanted to call out, and I've got four picks that I've gone with this week. And I actually like some of these picks because one of them is Tommy. Right, go straight in. I think Jesus, he is. all right. I think he's going to get the hat trick. <laughs> and the other three are in a market without Tommy. So I'm getting a little bit of without Tommy value, I think, oh. this week. So do you want me to give you your other three and I'll let you have your go? Well, you may as well. I don't know if you're, you're just cracking on with it. Do you need another shit again, do you? Oh, oh the emodiums are starting to wear off. But yeah, it's... anyway, Go ahead, crack I'll give off. the three. New Zealander Ryan Fox, I think he's he likes this place as well. He's 12 to 1 without Tommy Fleetwood or 14 to 1 in the outright. Xander Lombard is someone, obviously, South African. I've picked him in the last few weeks for sure, and I can't move away from him. He is a very decent price. 66 to 1 without Tommy, 75 to 1 in the outright and last player the very stocky short he's not short actually stocky very powerful Sherbanka Sharma also has shown glimpses of form here in South Africa and he's 70 to 1 without Tommy or 90 to 1 in the outright market they're my plays Tommy Fleetwood Ryan Fox Xander Lombard and Sherbanka Sharma right I'm off to the toilet I'll let you hold the fort 
Okay, super Ned Bank. Yeah, the DP World Tour events. It's not officially co-sanctioned with the Sunshine Tour. Um, still falls short a little bit in the official world golf ranking strength rating. Um, if we're taking any notice of the rankings, but many Ryder Cup players on show. Uh, the golf course at the Gary Player Country Club well, opened in 1979, acknowledged as South Africa's premier championship test of golf. Um, it's a demanding and fair course, immaculately groomed layouts. I did actually message Bernd Weisberger because we know that he's played well here before and asked him, you know, what specifics about the course he, he thought were, were key this week. And he says it's extremely penal off the tee with swirling winds. So I guess a very strong off the tee game. And they pretty much dominate my picks for this event. And when we talk about strength rating, uh, Bermuda holds a strength of field rating of 127. Ned Bank is 113. And Asian Tour Hong Kong Open is 69. But let's not forget, Ned Bank, it might be 113, but it is a limited field event with only 66 taking part this week in South Africa. My picks are, if we're going for shots gained off the tee stats, can't start anywhere else than Moronk who tops those stats on the DP World Tour. Um, Adrian Ortegi, we know he's been in great form of late. He's my second pick. Smith, Jordan Smith, been coming into a bit of form. Um, latter part of the season, I'll go for him. And Yus Lauten, who was picked as a potential team partner for Bernd Weisberger, if he was to you know, pick his own team for live. And we know he's been ultra consistent, Yus, and he's played here well before. So my four picks, Moronka, Tegi, Smith and Loughton. Go and look and see where you can get your best price. I'm not going to say it's just all on Bet365 because they are, as you well know, a bunch of pricks sometimes. Oh, I'm back now. Oh, I hope you had that covered well. I didn't even oh, get your I did. picks. Oh, I love a bit of Andrex quilted, I do. But yeah, I'm sure you did cover it well. Anyway, who have you gone with? I bet you've gone with Moronk. Ategi Loughton, I reckon. And Smith, yeah. Oh, nice and Smith, well done, yeah, mate. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's that tournament over and done with. Let's go to the PGA Tour, another event in the fall series, as we're talking about the Bermuda. Southampton, Bermuda. Now, the weather usually plays a big part around this part of the world, and it's going to be quite benign for the first two days. A little bit wet on Saturday and Sunday. So I reckon a birdie fest is what we're going to see again this week. Absolutely. It's a poor field, in my opinion. Again, it's another one of these full series events, the penultimate one. Um, yeah, there's not a lot to get excited about this golf tournament this week, for sure. I certainly won't be watching a lot of it. I'll be pinning all of my watch time on their bank, whereas you will probably, obviously they're different time zones as well, so you'll probably get to watch both of them. And you'll probably be watching some stuff on, your, you know, now you've got this special Box. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what are you on about? I don't, I don't know what you mean. You'll be multitasking on many different levels. Anyway, yeah, so, yeah, the Butterfield Bermuda Championships. Uh, that's all I really want to say about it, to be honest. I agree with you. It's it's probably going to be a birdie fest. But the only thing I think that I'm really interested in is some of my picks are based around obviously trying to make that late push to get inside that top 60 on the FedEx 4 series um, and secure their place, really, I, I suppose. So I'll, I'll go. Do you want me to go with my four? Yes, please. Yeah, right. OK, very quickly. Mark Hubbard. I expect him to have a good week this week and get back into that top 60s, 30 to 1. Nick Hardy, equally for the same reasons, to cement top 60 at a tie 23rd last year. He's 33 to 1. Brandon Wu. Now, I think he's a decent price at 50 to 1 this week. We've got a couple of woo-woos in, in the lineup, but it's the Brandon that I'm going with, not Dylan. So, uh, good play. I'm, I'm looking forward to him sometimes getting over the line. Maybe it might be this week. And, right, here we go. This is 175 to 1 shots, right? But his form here is pretty decent. It certainly has been over the years. It's Brian Gay. Right. Brian Gay has won here. He won here in the 2021 season, tied third the year before, tied 11th last year and tied 12th the year before that. Now, you know, four finishes inside the top 12 and a win for a guy that is literally off off the radar screens. You, you don't even know what he's doing anymore. But when he comes here, he gets lit up. Right. So this, yeah, I, I'm all, all about the gay this week. I, I think 175 to one. 
bang on change it. There, then. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> My picks this week are Jonathan Lower, played well last week, and expect him to grow in confidence going into this week. Camillo Villegas, again, it's obscene to see him at 100 to 1 on a course that will yield plenty more birdies. I mean, if he's playing good golf, why can't he go in again? I think that's obscene for him to be at 101, disrespectful. And Thomas Tree could get the monkey off his back this week. He's short at 20s, but it is a weak field. Adam Scott, favourite for the Bermuda. Interesting. It's going to be a decent... I will watch some of it. I'm going to watch it all. But another tournament I'm going to watch this week is over on the Asian Tour International Series. We've got the Hong Kong Open happening um, at the Hong Kong Golf Club, which, in fact, will host live hong kong next year it's on the schedule 2024 and it has a field to match this week not only have we got players like james pyatt who we talked about jediah morgan scott vincent but we've also got cam smith patrick reed thomas peters harold barner one two three and andy ogletree is there taylor gooch also champion of live he'll be there playing travis smythe he's there g mac will be playing do you know what? It's a hell of a field. Hendy, Jazz Jenna Watanun, Siwan Kim. Well, I don't know if he'll be competing. Peter Ulehine. It's a very strong field. David Puige, Eugene Jakara. It's it's a great field. And I'm really interested to see this golf course because I've heard great things about it. Hendy, who obviously friend of the pod, has spoken very highly about this golf course, loves everything about it the people, the layouts, just a general feel. So sounds like it's going to be a great addition to live 2024. Be interesting to see it this week on the international series. Well, you would expect that from him being the king of Asia to our Australian friends and a call out to our Australian friends. Thank you very much to listen to us because you've really done us proud in the ratings. Thank you. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that. But just, yeah, last week, obviously we had the Volvo China um tournaments on the Asian tour won by Sarit Sawanarut but there was also top 10s for Eugenio Chikara and Andy Ogletree and also top 25 for Hendy and a top 13 for G Mac absolutely so yeah, yeah good tournament last week obviously for the Asian tour but this week I think yeah that's that's a strongish field isn't it out in Hong Kong when you get the likes of Cam Smith and Gooch up there you know six and a half to one for Smithy Eight to one for Gooch. That's yeah, that's pretty that's pretty good going. You could see a, a nice little double between Tommy and Gucci. Ouch. Anyway, yeah. But I like the fact that they're going over there and supporting the event, knowing yeah. that it's gonna be a live twenty-four. Well, they've um, got to keep on playing some golf, bro. Events. Yeah, exactly. Keep the eye in, as we say. Right, that's it for this week. Next week on the <laughs> DP World Tour, we're at the DP World Tour Championship, Jamara Golf Estates on the Earth Course in Dubai. And over on the PGA Tour, we're at the RSM Classic, I do believe, yes, bro. Is that is are. that true? Yeah, it is. Yeah, true. at St. Simon's Island in Georgia. So two tournaments next week, two very good tournaments next week. And obviously, we'll talk about the DP World Tour Q schools, see who got their cards for next year. And um, yeah, that's it from us this week. We hope you enjoyed listening. Please spread the word, share the love, give us subscribe. Give us a little review, if you like, and um, we'll go from there. But, yeah, thanks, Australia. Got us high up in the rankings this week. And let's keep those rankings high. And um, we've enjoyed talking to you, as always. Um, get your opinions into us on the Live 2024, how you think that could change. And we'll speak to you next week. So, from me, it's goodbye. And from me, it's goodbye, too. Have a great week. Now, this, this really is beyond the joke now. He's, he's, he's got Gaga because this is, uh, this is quite... I've never seen anything like it before, and to attempt to hit the ball out of there is pure madness.